That's right. I'm back. First and foremost, guys, uh, well, first, welcome back to the podcast. Um, I have taken a little hiatus, not by choice. It's just I've been very busy and then scheduling guests has been a nightmare. Um, But I'm back. I'm back this week. I hope everybody's been doing great. I've been doing awesome, just very busy. Um, But yeah, this week is we got a good episode going. But, you know, I got to do some housekeeping. So once again, my main sponsor, guys, you know what it is by now. It is the Headshot Crew, the leading coaching platform on all things headshots and portraiture, guys. We're expanding a lot into portraiture. We now have a very strong portrait track where you can go and post some images and get critiques. I don't think I talk about this enough, guys. And, you know, I I like to talk about the Headshot Crew, but one thing that I don't talk about enough is the community that we have. It's a very, um, it's, we're very helpful to each other. And, it's pretty much one of the only photo communities that I've seen where everybody is trying to make uh, each other better. Like there's no, there's the word competition doesn't really exist. The word uh, we're competitive and we want to make sure that we're good and we want to make sure that everybody's good so that what everybody's game is elevated. But there's not really the mentality of, oh no, I'm not going to tell this person this because they're in my market or in my area and they might take a take work away from me there's not really uh any of that so we have a great community going we have uh it's constantly growing we get constantly constant new people in and it's awesome i just it's one of it's one of my favorite photo communities that i've ever been a part of so yeah if you're not a member uh just just do this. Just take me up on it. Just use the code free month when you sign up and you get a free month in the headshot crew. Just test us out. We are developing a new system where instead of, so if you're in the crew for three months, you then get, um, you get involved into the wingman program. And basically you are paired up with an, an associate who has gone through the process and is now um, a verified associate of, of the headshot crew, you get paired up with them and they help you with your work and they give you one-on-one attention. The We now changed it. We're now in the process of changing it where it's now team-based. So after being in the crew for three months, you then get drafted into one of uh, several teams and in those teams, you will find uh, multiple coaches uh, the, that's the new name for the wingman. Um, we, you now have coaches that will coach you into, um, into stardom, you know? So it's just a new system that we're working on. And if you want to take advantage, you got to join the crew. Otherwise you can't be on a team. You can't have a coach. You got to be part of the crew. All right. So just do it. Go as soon as this podcast is, actually, this is audio. You don't need to stop. Go on headshocker.com, sign up, Use the promo code free month and you get a free month. Test us out. It'll be worth it. You'll never leave. I tr- like I guarantee it. Okay. Now, shout out time, guys. Shout out time. All right. There's a lot of shout outs that I need to do, obviously, because it's been a while. Um, I want to start with headshot of the week, and there's a couple of weeks that we need to talk about. So. Headshot of the week for May 1st, 2018. It was won by Mr. Matthew Deslandis. Oh, God, I, I know I'm butchering that. I'm so sorry, Matthew. I just don't know how to say your last name. Um, is it is it French? Deland? I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry. Uh, but yes, uh, d- even though I'm butchering your name, your shot was amazing. Congratulations on the victory there. Uh, and then for May 9th, 2018, it was won by Mr. Jeremy Rill. That was that's an easier name to pronounce, uh, with also a really good shot. And then May 14th, Suzanne Covert won uh, headshot of the week for that week. Suzanne actually pulled a double whammy that week because right before she won headshot of the week, she actually made associate. So Suzanne 
uh, is one of the new associate photographer associate photographers. Yeah, in the headshot crew. So congratulations, Suzanne. And Suzanne didn't make it alone. She had a, a partner in crime, uh, Mr. David Longobardo, uh, also made associate photographer. So congratulations to these these two amazing photographers. It's well deserved. You guys are doing killer work. So congratulations to the both of you. And by the way, David is in St. Petersburg, Florida, and Suzanne is in Austin, Texas. So if you are listening to this and you need a headshot photographer in any of those areas, just contact them. They're rock stars, okay? All right, enough housekeeping. I think that's it. No more housekeeping. Let's get down to business. Let's get to it, guys. This week, my first female guest. I'm very excited. Elaine Zelker. Elaine Zel- Zelker is a dear friend. We've known each other for years. Um, we we uh, we actually got into the Headshot Crew pretty much at the same time. So we've seen each other grow. It's been a pleasure seeing what she's doing and the progress that she's been making. And we had a really cool time. We had a great time talking to each other and just exploring the intricacies of portraiture and headshots and marketing. She's a, she's very big into marketing and she like she teaches courses on it and workshops. So it was awesome. All right, guys, I hope you enjoy it. Without further ado, here it is. Sorry for the hiatus. Here we go. All right, enough of that. Get over here. We're gonna start right now. Three, two, one, shebang! All right, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, we got Elaine Zelker in the house. What's going on, Easy? What's up, Pedro? I'm so excited to be here. This is exciting. I know. We've known each other a long time. I got to hug you in person a few years ago, and. Oh, was that in New York? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Oh, mm-hmm. gosh. That seems like ages ago, but it was 2015. No, I, I got worried that you're going to ask me questions like, you know, when did you start the crew and when did you become a social? I'm like, yeah, I didn't do, I didn't look at those dates yet. So I don't think you know it, but I surely don't know at the top of my head, but it's been well, a while. It, the answer before. is pretty simple because you and I pretty much showed up on the scene together, right? Pretty wow. much at the same time. Yep. Which was how long ago? Like five years ago? Six that was years? in 2012. No, six years ago. And then I went to the Bahamas. So I became associate before that. After the Bahamas, I became a mentor. So it was, everything happened around that time. So I'm thinking maybe four years ago. Well, and I got, then you got, then you got into the crew after me because I got into the crew in 2012. Yeah, I'm thinking, I'm, I can't remember if you were in already or not. You were there all, all the time. So maybe you were in right before me. Maybe I was in at 12 maybe. or 13. I, I just don't it, remember when Bahamas was. <laughs> I guess it really doesn't matter. What matters no, is we've been friends for a long time. Yeah. I've seen it evolve many different avenues. It was PH to pro when I joined. It wasn't right. even headshot crew. Exactly. Exactly. And it was great. I mean, I think I was, I went through three um, critiques before I was handed associate, which was, you know, it was tough. I remember when I first started, it was like, you know, Oh, I'm going in there. I already shoot some headshots and I think my stuff is great. And then had my butt handed to me quite a few times. Oh yes. <laughs> which honestly just made us stronger and better photographers in the end. I think I had the, 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 I always had the shtick down for me was definitely the quality of my lights and equipment that I, you know, took some time to upgrade and things like that. But once that happened, things for me started changing pretty quickly. Yeah, that's what people don't get nowadays is that in the PH2 Pro era, mm-hmm. Peter was just, Peter was a savage. <laughs> like, were you ever nervous getting on lot? Like, if he was going to pull you on, I would literally have the shakes and just be like, I-, I can't do this. There's no way. And I'm like, I speak in front of people. And I did this before I even was on the PH2 Pro. But I remember um, the night that I... Uh, when associate, I, nobody was up in my house. It was like 1130 at night and I couldn't celebrate with anybody in my house. They're all sleeping. I run upstairs and they're like half asleep. I'm like, I just made associate. They're like, yeah, okay, whatever, go back to sleep. But in our world and what we do as photographers to get to that point was, 
you know, uh, the epitome of me being a headshot photographer. And, you know, when I first started out, I, I sought after the best, like when you are take your career seriously, that's what you do. And I did it in all, and we'll go back and we'll, I guess we'll talk a little bit about how I got into all this, but I seeked out the best. I found it and I was dedicated. I wanted him to hand me my ass and the tray a couple times because I wanted to be better and he made me better. And it's, I keep getting better and better based on the knowledge that we learned, you know, going back four or five years ago. So yeah, definitely well worth it. Do you remember, is there one thing that stuck with you during those, during the, during that period where you were getting chewed up? Um, for me personally, I'm the type of person I would react first, stop, get quiet, re retract a little bit and then come back full force. So it's kind of like I use the expression, if you mess with the, the bull, if you mess with the horns, I'll give you the bull or something like that. Don't mess with the bull, I'll give you the horns. <laughs> if you mess with the bull, you get the horns. The horns, exactly. I know that's an Italian thing too. I mean, you know, yeah. but I feel like I needed that to make me better. And I, at, at some points would be like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to do this. Who's this guy? Like, why is he talking to me that way? And, you know, I, I'm, my work's good, but it still didn't stop me from getting back online the next day and being on a crew. Oh, no, uh, that's not what I mean. What do you mean? That's not what I meant. I meant like any coaching thing that really stuck with you that you that you remember where it just clicked. Yes. And for me, and it's something that I teach now with headshot photography, I don't click that button until everything's in place. Yeah. That's a me thing. That's not a client thing. That's a that's something I learned. That's I consider all the knowledge I learned from Peter and from the crew, it's a second language and you need to study it and you need to practice it. But once you get it, it becomes innate. So I try to explain that to other people when I start teaching, you know, the headshot photography and stuff like that, where don't click the button until it's, it's perfect in your eyes with the way it needs to be. And I think honestly, that's what Peter was trying to say all along where you have, you know, of which we've been doing this for a long time, Pedro, that we don't click it, but to get to that point takes a seconds compared to minutes for other people. Yeah. To get to that point where, you know, jawline, elbow, you know, shoulder down, expression, you know, spot on, make them laugh. Do, you know, it happens in seconds now, just like it would happen in eight by learn, in innately by learning a new language. So, um, that, 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 that checklist goes off in my head which took months to learn and months to practice. But now that checklist is done in mere seconds before I click that trigger. Oh, that's a and good that one. absolutely something I learned over the years from headshot crew. So speaking of the headshot crew, um, you got a lot of your coaching methods from the headshot crew. I'm guessing. Mm -hmm. I also want to know what's, what's the back. So how did you decide to get into photography? What made you pick up the camera? Wow. So I have a very extensive background and a lot of people, when they find out, they're just like, like, what don't you do? So I, um, I went to Rutgers university and I graduated with a psych and a business degree. And when I was there, I took some photography classes. I took actually two classes. Um, and it was black and white film. I am the typical kid where I grew up with my father took pictures everywhere and unfortunately, both my parents passed away, but I still have bins. I'm talking five bins with probably thousands and thousands of images of because my entire life was documented and which I appreciate now because I lost my parents when I was younger. And I feel like that was so important and to document uh, humans and it's, it's instilled to me today. Um, so after I, I went to Rutgers, I graduated with a psych and business degree um, I then took a year off and then I went back to nursing school. So I have a registered nurse degree under me as well and kick it forward. A couple of years after that, I wound up getting married. I had three daughters. I did everything, you know, I would, I would always be working, whether it was in nursing. Um, when my kids were little, I had side jobs. Uh, I would sell jewelry or I would, um, make cigar box purses. Um, I did scrapbooking parties. So I did photography as well, but it was just for pleasure and it was just a hobby um, and then when I lost both my parents in 2006 and seven and got divorced in the same year, 
um, it was a really bad time in my life. And then I wound up meeting my current husband now, um, who's a filmmaker and he was an entrepreneur and he was self-employed. And, um, he started looking at some of my work and he just kept asking, he's like, why, why aren't you doing more photography? You're really good at it. And I was like, I don't know. Cause you know, back then girls, you know, even for me and my family, I grew up in a very old fashioned Italian family where, you know, I couldn't be a creative and I surely couldn't do that for a living. So it was nothing, something that was ever encouraged. Um, but I was always an artist deep down, whether it was painting or, um, I played music, I played violin and cello for many years since I was in third grade. So I have such a extensive background that it took me until I was in my late thirties to be able to, um, to be the person I could be. And so I started later in life, but it was something that was innate since I was a little kid. Oh, that's cool. So it's always been there. And then what was the point where you really decided to, uh, (laughs) really go with it, like run with it? Um, because my job in nursing and sales and marketing in a hospital was literally killing me. The stress was so bad And I call it because I used to do pharmaceutical sales, which was awesome at the time. But when you're in worlds like that, in corporate worlds, I call it the golden handcuffs where I had great perks. I had a car. I had a great salary. I had, you know, 401k. I had great insurance, but I was in the hospital because my stress level was so high and it was literally killing me. My job was killing me. And my doctor one day said I was going away for a couple of days with my husband, Zeke at the time. And she said, listen, I know you're going away for a week, but I want you to take a few days off beforehand. I'm putting you on like a short-term leave. You need to take a break because you can't be in a hospital because you're so stressed out. And, and I, play, I think a lot of it also played because I lost both my parents. I just went through a lot emotionally. So I took that break and at that moment, I was still, I was doing some photography and I got to the point where I was turning people away because I had to go to my crap job that I just didn't like. And I, because it was paying all the bills and, um, I was afraid to leave and to do anything. But when I took that break that the doctor told me to, I never went back. I took that 10 day break. I went on my, my five day vacation, took a five day short term leave from work. And I never went back. Um, I prayed really hard. There was many days that I was in the shower, literally on my knees, praying for which direction to go. I knew I had this gift that I wanted to shoot photography and I wasn't able to, because I didn't have the time to do it. So, um, honestly, I, I, I am a Christian. I do pray, but I, I, I prayed hard and I just said, which direction should I go? And I was led to do the photography and it's been almost nine years now. And by the grace is that every month I make it and it's getting better and better every, every week, every year, every, you know, since, since I took that leap. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. So, so yeah. nowadays, uh, you obviously had, and I'm guessing you still have a very strong headshot contingent in your, mm-hmm. in your business nowadays, where you, what's the majority of your work? Cause I know you also do a lot of senior portrait work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what's the bulk of your work? What do you shoot nowadays? I would say bulk is still is headshots. When I first started, like many of us do, I did everything. I would do babies and weddings and families. And um, I probably used to do 20, 25 weddings a year. I maybe do four to six tops now. And that's by choice. It's not something I like shooting them when I can be creative, but having that pressure of being, you know, on my feet for 10, 12 hours a day and then editing for three days and having my weekends spent when I have little kids at home at the time. And it just, it wasn't worth it for me. I would rather do, you know, four headshot sessions and make just about as much as a full day wedding and be done in, in minutes compared to eight hours. So nowadays I would say headshots is still number one. Um, which is gradually working more into like more corporate and, um, and speaking engagements because of that. We'll talk about that later when I, how I branched out. Um, but I do mostly corporate and actor headshots. Um, I'm only about an hour and 20 minutes from New York and about an hour and 20 minutes North of Philadelphia. So I'm in a really good area where I'm tapping in from people from all over, um, that maybe can't afford New York prices or, or city prices. And they come out to Easton PA and, um, I'm known in my area now as probably the top headshot photographer in the area in it, but it took me five years to get there. And I would say in the last year and a half, since the beginning of 2007, I'm known now as the headshot photographer in my area. Um, and then cool. followed by senior portraits, corporate events. I do shoot a lot of corporate events because I deal with so many corporate headshots. It opens that 
that segue has been made organically because of that. And that's when I actually can build a team and bring in other photographers to second shoot with me or send them off to events on their own under my name. So it's, it's constantly evolving. And then I started doing more, um, uh, larger corporations. And then as of 2017 is when everything changed for me when I started, I rebrand myself as not just being a photographer anymore. I had to uh, build my brand and that's kind of where I've been for the last two years, just a year and a half now. Yeah, I've been I've been paying close attention to your mm-hmm. to your branding mm-hmm. strategies and all that. I also want to talk about that, but um, before we get there, so we we are starting to develop a strong portrait contingent in the Headshot Crew, mm-hmm. um, and I've noticed your 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 senior portrait work, and it's very it's very unlike with what most people are doing. Whereas it's it's. I don't know. It's got it's got a certain quality to it that you generally don't find in senior portraits. And I would love mm-hmm. to know how you how you approach those. How do you find inspiration for those? Oh, I I love doing senior portraits. So, I mean, I I consider myself more of a, just a portrait photographer. So when I introduce myself, I'll say you know I do headshots and portraits because I do I treat everyone pretty much the same when I'm whether I'm shooting for somebody's blog. I still treat them like it would be a senior portrait session because it's the whole thing for me with anything I shoot is, is finding that person's essence, finding out who they are at this moment right now. So especially with seniors, I have a, um, a really interesting way of how I communicate with the family and the students before I even meet with them. Um, I have a big program out where I have senior reps that represent my company out there. I make them business cards. I shoot them for free. And then they come in and, um, uh, when they get me referrals and things like that, I will, sorry, I get my dog on a chair here. Come here. That's all right. Sorry. Um, she's crying until I put her on the chair next to me. So, um, so I, so I send them this information, like how we shoot, how to prepare your skin beforehand. So I give them all this education before they even step in my door. So we have a, we have a relationship before they even start shooting with me. Um, I tell the families like make sure they're coming in their in comfortable clothing that they like. Don't put the, don't put a buttoned up collared shirt on a girl that wears goth, you know, uh, ripped jeans and tank tops to school because she'll be miserable during her shoot. So make them be the person that they are as a seventeen year old right now, because that's who you want to capture. And I usually shoot them alone. The parents sometimes are there, but they're in the background. I, I take them out and I, I get on their level. We have fun together. And, you know, I'm pretty trendy. I have kids that are between the ages of 14 and 20 right now. So I'm living that life right now. So I know what music they like. I know, I know what apps they use and things like that. So I get on their level and I connect with them. And I do that with, it doesn't matter if it's a senior portrait, a five-year-old, or I'm doing corporate headshots of a 90-year-old. It's, it's making that connection with someone that creates that amazing portrait. And that's, that's just takes time and practice and, and being myself. I mean, just it's what you hear and what you get is, is what, well, you'll see if I'm shooting you as well. So how do you, cho- how do you choose your locations though? How do you talk to the, do you talk to the person you're, you're going to photograph? How do you do that? Yeah. A lot of times if it's an outside portraiture, I am lucky that I, um, a few years ago moved into a really cool complex called the silk mill in Easton. It was literally an old silk mill back in the 1920s to the 1960s and they refurbished it and it's, it's been revitalized. So right. I work in a building that's all industrial and brick and big windows and a lot of light. So that's where I do my inside stuff. And, but right outside you walk outside, I have trees and there's a stream, like a Creek right behind me. So I have greenery as well. So I can literally just walk outside my studio and, and do headshots for someone. And they'll say, Oh, can we do a couple outside? I'm like, sure, let's just go outside. And I, I have the capability just to walk outside and have a completely different backdrop. Um, how would helped me build my headshot portfolio was any person that would come in to get say senior portraits or portraits for a blog or something, I make them get headshots as well because I have the equipment to do it right there in my studio. So they'll come in and if I'm doing senior portraits, I'll say, Oh, you're going to need something like this professional for your LinkedIn while you're, when you go to college and you don't want to use a school picture. So use one of these. So I do professional headshots for them. That's included in their senior portrait package. So in the beginning, five years ago, when I was growing my headshot portfolio, every person I shot, I also shot them with headshots. So that helped me learn my, my craft by 
every person I shot, whether they were even little kids, I'd get them, oh, let me do a real headshot for you. Yeah, we're outside playing and I'm chasing you around, but let's go back inside. Let me take a, a quick headshot of you as well, which gave me more practice and yeah. gave them a cool headshot. So, and it, 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 it um, increased my portfolio to have a, a array of people from children, all ethnicities through you know, all ages as well. Do you still do that? Yeah. I mean, when I do, when I do senior portraits, I'm always, I, I include it in the package. Hey, come on in. You know, you can get headshots as well. Um, I do have a package where it's just one location outside. If they happen to choose my location, of course I bring them inside too and we'll shoot headshots. Um, I'm also lucky enough. I have two colleges right by me. So we go to colleges all the time. So I shoot at, you know, um, parks and I shoot at, uh, universities and colleges, which are beautiful backgrounds. So a lot of times I explain to them, but understand 80% of the photos you wind up choosing from the package, from all your proofs will be portraits. They're closer. So it doesn't really matter where you're shooting. You can just bouquet the background and shoot at a 2.8. You can be shooting in a parking deck. It doesn't matter. So it's, I have, I have an abundance of different backgrounds right outside my door, but again, it all comes down to capturing that portrait and connecting with them. Um, you know, it doesn't, so background's great, but it's not always the most important thing. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Now, the, the reason why I'm asking you this is because every time I see one of your images, especially your senior portraits, mm -hmm. it, it's, it always feels like that's the perfect environment for that person to be standing in. Yes. That's why yeah. I asked. How do you approach that? So it's fun because I'll say to them, I'm fast. So if, if we're shooting in an hour or 45 minutes outside, say, I say to them, and I explain this before I even start shooting. I say, listen, I'm going to put you into situations. I'm going to put you on a wall or laying in grass or hanging onto a fence or on a baseball field. And I'm going to just click, click, click. I, every couple of clicks, I just want you to move around freely. And then we get up and go. So I said, we don't stay in a section too long. So when I literally shoot in an hour, I probably have 50 different backdrops for someone. Wow. And it's not just, okay, brick wall. It's, it's the ground, it's the curb, it's the, it's the, it's the light post, it's the metal um, piece of raw iron that's sticking out of the wall. I just constantly move to give them so many different options. And of course, for me, I, I'm a businesswoman. So what's the return of investment? I always think of that. I under promise and over deliver. So I may say we're going to go, you know, one to two locations, but then I throw in the headshots. So then they're purchasing more in the end. There's always a method to the madness. There's always a reason behind why I do what I'm doing. When they come in and, I'm, and they say, for example, they bring three outfits and it states one to two looks. Hey, if we get done in 45 minutes, I still have 15 minutes to spare. Put that third outfit on. That's just more that they're going to buy from me in the end. So, but I'm accommodating them. It's not like I'm always pl plotting, but it's just, I get done pretty quickly and I can get those moments pretty fast. So I, I'd rather, rather give them as much variety as possible. And, but then once I find that money shot, like I stick with it and I, I find that they're coming to light stuff. So the stuff that you see, say my Instagram, that's probably one of the better photos from their session that, yeah. that I um, created. And these photos that you're, that you're posting are, these are not necessarily the ones that, the, that the clients are selecting, right? Correct. <laughs> These yeah. are the ones that I, that will go in my portfolio. Um, same thing with headshots. I'll tell them when I shoot my headshots, I'll say, you're going to get a proof album and the first couple of proofs will be fully edited. And I said, and if you're okay with that, those are the ones that I feel that would make my portfolio. So if you're okay with me posting that, would that be all right? And most of them say, heck yeah, you know, that's totally fine. We switched, you know, social media names and I wind up tagging them. And it's usually that day. I'm that fast where I can shoot something before sometimes even somebody gets home. They see their photo on Instagram or Facebook. Nice. Because um, I go in, I choose one of the ones that we liked together. We may have starred something or went through it on you know, a quick run through. Um, and I get it to them so they see the final edited image right away. But it's something that I would want in my portfolio. But they may go in and never choose that photo for the ones that they wind up purchasing. And that's okay. You know, because they may, if it's a headshot, they may pick something that has like, you know, you know, big jewelry and eight layers and either, you know, it's something that I put, I surely shot for them, but it's not making my portfolio. So I may have taken off that jewelry or I, and got a killer shot for something that's going to match my style. And that's what my, that's what people see. 
unless they choose to share those other photos on their own social media sites, which they do, but it's, it doesn't go in my portfolio. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I want to, I want to move forth and we started to kind of talk about this and you just now you were talking a little bit about it, but I've noticed that you've, you've gone heavily into, uh, marketing and I want to, I want to, I want to probe your little marketing brain now and figure sure. out what are you doing? What are your strategies? What What's working? What's not working? Okay. So I, in 2017, I decided I have to re, restructure my brand. I have to, I pigeonholed myself by being Elaine, Elaine Zelker photography.com. So everything was Elaine Zelker photography, Elaine Zelker photography.com. And I felt like I pigeonholed myself and I realized that I'm, I'm people didn't know me other than like newer people more than just a photographer. And just based on what we talked about, I have a very extensive background. Um, so I developed a new brand for myself by renaming myself. So I became just elainezelker.com. I rebranded, I have a new logo, which incorporates the easy. And guess what, Pedro, I think you're probably one of the causes of that <laughs> because I think you started calling me easy on, on the headshot crew. I love it. And I, and I usually hated my initials because everybody would call me easy and I did not like that. And so I'm like, you know what? So I created using those initials that it's the easy becomes now part of my whole brand where it's the easy method to branding, the easy method to headshots the easy message to teaching. So now I've incorporated those initials to, into what I'm doing. And my site became just Elaine Zelker. So under what I teach as part of my branding classes is I want people to know that they're their own entity and under your own entity as your own website, say for me, for example, is elainezelker.com. I have many, umbrella, many people under that umbrella of Elaine Zelker. The section you'll see is my photography. And in that there's, there's, there's headshots, there's some weddings, there's portraiture. Um, and then you go into the brand and strategy where I do teaching and I'm teaching one-on-one mentoring. I'm teaching classes. I'm speaking. I just spoke in front of 60 realtors the other day. I teach a class called branding A to Z and I just cover every letter of the alphabet and teach them tips and tricks that taught, that helped me along the way in the last five years to help build my brand. And that's, that's another umbrella of Elaine Zalker photography. And then I'm a DIYer. I have videos out there that teach people how to go to the dollar store and <laughs> has almost a hundred thousand views on it to, to make Christmas ornaments. It's crazy. So I've always been a very crafty person. So when I do a lot of these conceptual shoots, um, and these more cathedral or, or, or I cannot say the name, like more contemporary, um, type of shoots that are very whimsical. I make those, those outfits. So I'm a, I'm a DIYer. So that's another part of who I am. And I'm an author. I wrote a book and that incorporated my nursing and my photography. So that all is my brand now. So I'm not just Elaine Zelker, the photographer anymore, but that took work on my part to have to, if I didn't put that out there in the universe of that's who I am, then people wouldn't know me as that anymore. So I had to create that person. And it's not like you create it and just say, Hey, I want to be X, Y, Z. You've got to work for it. So every hour of teaching that I will teach somebody is 80 hours of research and, and many, many hours of studying to get to that point where I can now teach somebody else to, to better their brand and, and grow. That's awesome. And talk to, I want to know more about the speaking uh, mm-hmm. and the coaching that you're doing. I, I know mm-hmm. that you were, at B&H recently. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to know about that. How did that come about? What happened? Yeah. So I get a text out of the blue. So I, you'll notice too, like, so I hop on the crew every once in a while. I'm not on as active as I used to be. Um, I still have a Facebook page where I teach others, you know, they're the wingman. I was, I'm their wingy. So they're wingman. So whenever people ask me questions, I surely absolutely help them as well. So like Susan still, you know, comes to me with questions and she's one of my wingmen and, um, some other people I've met are still, I'm still, you know, mentoring them as well. Um, but because I became so busy, I kind of tapered off a little bit and, and that's just a success. And I, I, I email Peter and I tell Peter all the time, I'm like, you know what, I'm not there, but guess what? It's because of what, what's been grown from the teaching that you've taught me. Yeah. And if anything, that's your student is blossoming and, and it's, it's going out there and doing some of the stuff that you taught them. Now I come with a big extensive background and that's a huge part of my headshot photography, but all the other stuff, the branding and 
that be, that comes from my history and that comes from me as a person, my psychology degree, my nursing degree, my business degree, that that now I can finally incorporate that, that all together in, and help people create this visual brand and and help other you know entrepreneurs know that they can do this too because I'm the walking testament that it can be done um, from going from a corporate job that you know, that was literally killing me to doing something that I'm completely passionate about that if I don't shoot for two days, it's like my crack and I'm giving stuff out for free. So, you know, you find something in your life that you love and it doesn't become a job anymore. It just becomes your passion that you absolutely love. Um, so with that, Peter had reached out to me one day, say, Hey, listen, I'm going to be away. I'm sailing somewhere and B&H, you know, I, I love what you're doing with the teaching and the branding wants to know, would you want to kind of go in my place. And I don't think it was in his place, but they wanted somebody to teach headshot photography. So, um, David from B&H contacted me because of Peter and he looked at my site. Um, then he took it a step further because he saw the headshots. He's like, you're, you know, he loves the headshots. Would you be able to do like a basic headshot class? I'm like, absolutely. And then he opened it up to me more when he said, I see that you do some branding and and different classes. Would you want to teach those classes as well? So I wound up teaching four classes at the B&H depth of field. It was their, um, their first, um, platform that they did. And they had thousands of people there. And Lindsay Adler was the main speaker and, uh, uh, Susan Stripling was there and there was all these other amazing photographers. And I'm just like, Oh my God, how am I going to be, I'm going to be in the same room as these people. And, you know, <laughs> I'm still the only person that doesn't realize that, you know, that my name is starting to get out there more like in my area here. And so I, I go places and my husband's a filmmaker. So they, a lot of people know him. And it's funny now that people will go to him and say, Oh, you're, you're Elaine's husband, aren't you? And it, that finally flip flop for us, which is kind of cool. Oh. <laughs> they're not like, Oh, you're, you're Zeke's wife. And I'm like, no, now they're, you know, now he's my husband. So, which is kind of cool. How does he so, feel he, about that? <laughs> oh, he loves it. He's my biggest supporter. Honestly, oh, he <laughs> come into my life when I was going through that time, he was the one that um, persuaded me and encouraged me and to, to be a photographer and I will be forever grateful for that. And, you know, and so without that and, and without the support of somebody that, that loves you and supports you in this, I, it's really hard to have any successful business. So, and that's one of the things I teach in the branding class. You have to find like-minded people, people that believe in you and love, you know, love what you do and that are like you for, in order for you to succeed. Cause if not, there will always be naysayers, but you have to get rid of that negativity in your life in order to do something that you love. And so you just surround yourself by people that are like you and hence the headshot crew. I mean, how better of an example is it than that? where it's not, it's not a competition guys. It's, it's, it's a way of growing and helping each other to the point where they're, they're so much better than they were that they're off on their own now and doing their own thing. That's a success story to me. And that's what I want to teach other people, you know, teach them the trade and then watch them blossom and, and take off on their own. Yeah. That's, what a good, that's what a good teacher does. No, absolutely. Yeah. We get a lot of those cases at, at, in headshot crew and then people, um, people disappear yeah. Uh, but you need, yeah, it's exactly what you're saying. You need to understand that then people, it's mm-hmm. good when they disappear because it means that they're, yeah, they're grabbing, the, yeah, they're yeah. doing it. They're, they're, yeah. they're, they're succeeding with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny cause I still hop on there and there's all these new people and I'm like, Oh gosh, like they see that I'm a mentor, but I'm, I'm still here guys. Like I may be in the, on the a fly on the wall, <laughs> but I check in every once in a while and I see what's going on. I see the changes that are happening with the, with the, uh, the mentor program, with the, uh, the wingy program, which is awesome. I'm yeah. doing these little pods and stuff. So I'm definitely going to get more involved in that again. Um, I think, well, Peter and I touch base differently. Like, well, I'll text him every once in a while. I wrote him, you know, a letter after the whole B&H because I'm very grateful to him. And he, I let him know that, that I'm extremely grateful for the opportunities that came my way just by even using the name of the headshot crew or Peter's, you know, I tell people all the time, I'm a mentor of the world's best headshot photographer in the world. I'm not ashamed of that. I learned from him. Yeah. You know, but if, if that's going to make me advance in my career, I don't use it because I'm using him. I'm using it because it's the truth. And I am my true self when, when you exactly what you're hearing is what it, I am me. And, and that's part of my, my journey. And I, of course, talk about that. But there was also a time where I got to the point where I needed to build my own brand now based on those teachings. And that's where I when I started that in 2017, where I just started revamping everything I did based on all of that. Gotcha. So yes. since you are now a marketing instructor, mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. would be 
I don't need a full course, but what would be, let's say that somebody's listening <laughs> go to, to the alphabet. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's listening to this and they're struggling with their marketing. What would be like a couple of things that you could advise them yeah. to pay attention to? Um, hmm. Very first thing I do in the letter of the alphabet is a is audience. Know who your audience is. I do different things on different platforms. When I look at the analytics, and this is important, so don't just have these business pages on Facebook or Instagram, and I'll stick to just those two for right now, but understand them. Know the insights behind your business. Don't just post things for the heck of it. There's, there should always be a reason. So I know the analytics of my Instagram business page are very different than the analytics of my Facebook page. And if, for example, I wanted to do portraiture for, for women, for example, and like a Sue Bryce type of thing where it's like the, you know, the gowns and the certain backdrops and the boxes. And I wanted to shoot in that, in that light. And I started marketing that and I wasn't booking many, I wasn't booking many women, like, and women, I mean, like forties, fifties years old too, that really wanted to come in and do something special for themselves. And I questioned it and I started looking into my analytics. Well, why aren't people booking this? And I went to my Facebook and I went into the people that follow me. I looked at my audience. I looked at the age group. I looked at where they were located. And I realized that the women, that that 60% of my followers were women. So that was good. That was a plus right there. But 80% of them were in the age group between 35 and 45. Then I'm like, well, wait a minute. These aren't the target that I really wanted to hit. These women are not spending money on themselves. Guess who they're spending money on? Their kids. Guess yeah, what my second number one shoot is? Senior portraits. So I knew that my target now was their children, not themselves. That'll come later. That comes more in the, the, the corporate headshots or you know, more things for LinkedIn and things like that. But I was marketing wrong. I, did, I was catering and trying to reach the wrong target audience when my target audience was telling me something different. So I revamped things. Then I start, started to hyper-focus back on my senior portraits and, you know, you know, doing what my, my audience was telling me, focusing on the kids. Now my Instagram is different. My age group on Instagram is 18 to 25. So I put more younger things on my Instagram, more trendier things on my Instagram than I do on my Facebook page. I don't oh. always carry everything over because my audience is just a little bit different. So I can be a little bit more artistic there and more fun on there. Um, but on Facebook, I'm still targeting the adult by talking about senior portraits and headshots more. So it, it, you just have to know who your audience is. Um, um, be consistent and show up. Um, people say, oh, well, you know, I post like once every three days. I'm like, do I post sometimes up to three times a day? And that's how I grew my audience by being consistent. Um, Instagram, especially, they give you this platform to work on. They give you the platform and these tools to use. So you better utilize them to the best of your ability to grow your, your following. If they give you up to 30 hashtags to use in the caption of your image, you should use up to 30 hashtags. They do these things for a reason. If they give you a video platform to do live and behind the scenes and stories, you better be using it because if not, you're going to be buried in that world. And, and, you know, I, you know, my age, I'm in my forties and most people in their forties, my age, like women, they're, they're not even on Instagram. They're just like, what are you talking about? Like, if I want my business to grow, I need to be on these platforms and I need to be active. I need to be consistent on them and, and brand myself on across all these platforms of which I do. And that's the only, that is one of the biggest ways my business grows by being consistent and using the tools that these platforms give us. Is it better to have one the same handle on every single platform? For instance, my I am Pedro George Photo, my website's Pedro George Photo, my email's Pedro George Photo, my mm -hmm. Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, all I'm I'm the same yeah. on everything. Is it better Absolutely. to do it like that? Absolutely. Unless you branch off and do something completely different. And I did that with another little side business that I'm doing now, but everything for me needs to be simple, excuse me, simplified and, and consistent. So if you're going to be, have your photo at the end of it, that's fine. As long as you're consistent. Um, that's something I learned from Peter's world that way back when, where he's like, your, your, your email's too damn long. I don't feel like typing it. <laughs> you know, yeah. it was I I Elaine at elainezelkerphotography.com. I hated typing it. I hated it. Yeah, that's too so big. I, now it's just Elaine at Elaine Zelker, info at ElaineZelker.com, you know, it, just to sim simplify things. I think whatever makes it easiest for your client, it's not always about what you like, and it's not always about what you think looks great. It's what's easiest for your client to find you. 
for me, it was my name. So I know that photographers will have like names that have nothing to do with their, their name themselves. And that's really hard to build your brand. I think in the beginning, you are your walking brand, you're your walking billboard. So everywhere you go, your name should be what, what's, what labels you and what brands you. Um, because if not, I think it's just a little harder. It's not, it's not, not, not that it's impossible, but I think it's just harder for you to reach the audience when they're trying, they know you as a person, but now they have to know your name and they have to know your business name. It gets confusing and people are lazy. So you have to make it as easy as possible for your clients and your potential clients to find you. Gotcha. So find your audience is the main. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Know your audience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Know your audience. That's a big Mm -hmm. one. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. So you you mentioned you just grazed a little, you mentioned side business there. Mm-hmm. And I'm very curious because I obviously follow you on all social media platforms. And yeah. I feel like every week you're coming up with something new. I'm doing something different. Yeah. So uh, talk to me about that. What's going on? What What's... Well- it's not really I'm doing something. I'm being myself. So I, I've, remember I told you in the very beginning, I had a psych and business degree. So yeah. I love people. I love studying people. I love to see how they work. And I love business. I did sales and marketing for a pharmaceutical company. I won trips for it because I could sell white on rice. So, I mean, I can, I love selling. So I always wanted to have a product or do something. Um, some of the things that I teach in the branding classes are creating passive income for yourself. Because honestly, if tomorrow I break my leg or I break my hand and I can't shoot, I need to make sure that my business, Elaine, I'm an LLC now, so that Elaine Zelker LLC can survive without me always having the camera in my hand. So I had to create more than just me being a photographer. So that comes by way of the teaching, the branding classes of which keeps growing. And I'm getting, you know, I'm getting more emails to teach at, you know, there's a women's summit coming up here in the Lehigh Valley coming up in in June where I'm speaking in front of 800 women or, you know, so it's constantly evolving if I'm putting it out there. So meaning create other passive income for yourself. Um, one thing I'm doing now is this company called Color Street. And it sounds silly. It's a nail polish company that you put these things on your nails. It's 100% nail polish. You press them on and they're done and they're dry in minutes. So as a busy mom, I'm like, you know what? I have an, an entrepreneur running my own business. I don't always take care of myself all the time. So I don't have time to go to the salon and get my nails done. So when I saw this company, I knew it was something that I was interested in. Even more so, I took it a step further. This company is not even a year old yet. So it's like joining Avon or Tupperware for a woman, you know, when it was first in when it first started. So I knew to jump on the bandwagon very quickly. And I joined a few months ago and I have 15 people under me already, which is insane for a direct sales company. But my goal of this is to walk the walk that I'm teaching. So if I want other people out there to other women say out there to do a side hustle or start a small business. I wanted to show them, follow me right now, guys, because I'm doing it right now. So follow along with me and watch how I'm doing it. Follow exactly what I'm doing, and I promise you'll be as successful if you watch what I'm doing. So I'm using my own branding techniques and teachings and doing this little side hustle from scratch, from nothing, to see where I'm taking it. And I'm already at like three levels up already. It's been 10 months, and I'm going to Vegas for a convention already for free. So it's kind of like if I'm walking my own walk by doing these side hustles. And and passive income, I mean, when I wake up in the morning, I look at my bank account and there's extra money in there based on things that other people are doing because of me. So it's just creating passive income that comes into your bank account without having to physically do something all the time. That's building a team and, and, and creating that as well. And stepping outside your comfort zone, doing things that may, may be something that you were not, didn't think you could do. Um, but part of my teaching is empowering other people that you can so I'm showing them from ground zero how to do something like that. So that's one of the side hustles that I do and um, on the side in my spare time. <laughs> yeah, it kind of yeah. ties into what you you kind of coined the term serial entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. It's kind of related to that. Yeah. yeah, because it's it's there's things on my website that are tangible items now that are consumables. So you want to create things that it's not. So a lot of people will say, do you do this full-time? Sure. I do. I'm a full-time photographer, but I, not all my income comes from just photography. I, I created these other income outlets that, you know, portals that, that I can, that I can live on. I have two girls in college and, you know, and 
I have an eighth grader, so and she'll be in college soon enough, you know, but I have to make income. And I, in being an entrepreneur and being a sole proprietor, you know, owning your own business, you have to pay your own life insurance, your own 401k, your own health insurance. I mean, everything is on your shoulder. So, you know, I couldn't just bank on just the photography to do that in my eyes, because there was so much more to me than that. If that's the only thing I wanted to do, I surely could do that. I'd hustle a lot harder for that. But there's so much more I want to share. I want to build other people up and teach them now how to do this and how to find the way. And no matter what business it is, I, I spoke in front of 80 realtors the other day and teaching them about their brand. And I was like, you guys have, you guys have so much. And I, I do focus a lot on visual brand because I'm a photographer. So I'll talk about you have so much ammunition with the houses that you sell that there's no excuse for you not to be posting three times a day somewhere because you've got the ammunition, you've got the front door, you've got doorknobs, you have faucets, you have flooring, you have a backyard of somebody's home that you're trying to sell. So if they don't see it, how are you going to sell it? So I can talk to any entity, any, any type of business person and the importance of using their the visuals to to build their brand and sell and market. So, so would you say that the most of the marketing that we need to focus on today is visual marketing? I believe so. Yeah, because people are lazy; they're not going to want to read a whole long article. They're visual people. Um, just like teaching, you want to show as many graphics as possible. Even when you're teaching somebody headshots, be very specific and say, "We're going to do A, B, C, and D, and that's it." Don't overwhelm people with too much information. Give them quality stuff as opposed to too much stuff. Um, and the same thing goes on social media, but that doesn't mean that your words aren't important. I, you know, even on Instagram, there's, don't just show me a picture of a cat and say in the caption, here's my cat. You know, my expression, excuse, excuse the French is going to be like, well, no shit, that's your cat. I see that. Why are you posting that? What's the reason behind it? So what I teach, so instead of just saying picture of my cat, and sitting in the sun, you say something like, you know, wouldn't it be nice if we can all just pretend we're a cat for a day? Wouldn't it be nice just to sit in the sun and just take time for ourselves to relax and do nothing for five minutes for ourselves? Wouldn't that make your day? What do you do to relax? That, that would be my caption for that photo. God how damn it. How do you how, do that? <laughs> how different is that than just saying my cat? No crap. You know what I mean? My cat's a little different than your cat. Man, cat. That- so you just want to engage people because these social outlets want you to engage. If somebody responds, respond back to them. It's They want two-way communication. Don't just dump something and run. You, they want you to communicate. They want feelings behind things. And and it's just and, and get comfortable in front of the video, guys, because 80% of everything you're going to see in the next couple of years on these platforms is going to be video-based. And if you're not comfortable in front of a camera, you better change <laughs> real yeah. fast. So that's something that's coming down the pike that if they're giving you those outlets like stories and Snapchat and stories and, and Facebook lives, they're doing that for a reason because it's going to transform over to that primarily. Stories have helped me a lot with with just uh, thinking on the spot and making videos. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, because sometimes I do these self-promotion uh, videos for my own studio or from the master classes that I teach. Yeah. And I don't write scripts. I just nope. talk. Yeah. And I've noticed that the more through the years I've gotten way better at it simply because mm-hmm. I I hold the phone to my face every day and I do at least one story. Exactly. And one of the first things I said to you earlier, be yourself and be consistent. So yeah. if you don't practice, like there's still times I hate getting on camera, like for things. And then finally, like, finally, I just said, like, screw it. You know what? It's me. This is who I am. I'm only going to talk from my heart. I'm only going to say exactly what I feel. There's no sugarcoating it. People will call you out if, if you do, you know? So you just, if you're yourself and just get over those initial nerves, it becomes easier and easier all the time. Um, yeah. You know, but it, you just have to practice and, and put yourself out there because here's the bottom line. People want to know. You know, just like I teach photography, I mean, I'm sorry, for headshots, when I'm explaining to people that have corporations that aren't having corporate headshots done, like 80% of the people that go to your website, dude, they go to your about me page first. And if that's not professional, and if that's not a good photo, they're going to pass over you. I'm sorry, but the people are judgmental. <laughs> and if they're not seeing something that they like, if they're not seeing into your world a little bit, they will pass you by. So letting people into your world by way of video or posting selfies of yourself and letting them into your world besides just your work, is going to inc- increase your popularity and your, and your, uh, and your customer base tenfold. 
So even on my own Instagram, like most of it's my work, but when I post a picture of myself or my family having fun, I get triple the amount of likes, triple the amount of, of uh, comments because people want to know the people they're looking at. They, they want, they're nosy and they want to know about you. So why not let them a little bit? And I still pick and choose what I'm showing, but I'm pretty open as far as what, a, you know, what gotta, I'm putting out there. I got to start doing more of that. Like if I show yeah. a picture of myself, I will mm-hmm. get like... 200 likes but if i show a exactly. picture of myself with my kid then it's like 500 exactly. six, right? it's like explodes exactly exactly it's a fun <laughs> because thing. people are like you pedro they want they they're a dad like you if you post a picture they know now that you're not just this guy that shoots photography you have a heart you have a family you are like them the same thing i said before people surround yourself by people that are like you because then they will like you. <laughs> so yeah. they, they are you, they're the same. They're just like you. They, they, that's why I don't get intimidated by anybody. Like, you know, when I, when, you know, sometimes Peter and I would challenge each other. Cause I, at the end of the day, I'm not intimidated by him. You know, I, I want to be like him to, to produce like him. Sure. But he's just the same as me. Do he wakes up every day, puts two, two shoes on and gets going for his day and he hustles hard exactly. and I'm the same way. You know, so don't, don't be intimidated or, or be afraid to put yourself out there and you know what, and make mistakes along the way. Cause people will like you even more. I get on sometimes and I'll look at my old videos and I'm scratching my head. I'm, I, I, I duck out. It's blurry for a minute, but I'm real. That's people make mistakes, but don't cover them all the time. It's okay to be human and make mistakes as well. But the more you're yourself out there, the, the better it's going to be for you. That's <laughs> cool. I thank you for talking about the uh, captions. That's something that I struggle with so much. Mm-hmm. I hate them. Yeah, and just you don't have to ask questions all the time, but be engaging with with other people. Ask a, you know, you know, what do you think or what are your thoughts on this? How does it make you feel? And but but when somebody answers you, then answer them back. It's just like if somebody personally was in your face and said, "Oh, I really like that." I really like that photo. Would you just turn around and walk away from them? Like you wouldn't, you would answer them. And the same thing goes on social media. People are taking the time to say something, respond to them. Yeah. And that's just going to help you in the end. It's going to help grow your base and things like that. So of course. little tips and tricks. And we only got through like letter A and B. We didn't even get to the rest of the alphabet. So there's so much more that you can learn. <laughs> well, if people want to get through the rest of the alphabet, they can go, yeah. they can attend one of your classes or one of yeah, your workshops. I mean, we do a workshop or I do one-on-one mentoring. I do some stuff on, on Skype or a Facebook, you know, direct where we can look at each other and talk with each other and, and go through a lot of these things. And another thing I do is something called curate and elevate. So curate, Ooh. meaning you're going to have to create the stuff you're putting out there to elevate yourself. But how are you going to do that? So that's a little bit more Instagram um, related. So I go through that, how to come up with themes, how to make it look pretty. How do you come up with filters? How do you do that? What, what application should you use to post one place where it filters out to all these other entities? So you're not spending hours and hours on online, how to make it easier for you, how to organize things better. So that's part of a different class that specifies, um, specifically talks about Instagram and growing that base. Wonderful. All right. All right. We got to start wrapping up. Where can people go to find out more about you, Elaine? Most of my information will be found on just my website, which is just my name, which is elainezalker.com. And under there, you'll see things like uh, my boss babe store and classes and mentoring. And and you can always reach out. Everything, I'm an email or a text away. Um, if it's not there, it's probably hidden somewhere on the website. But everything should be pretty much um, uh, available on the website or just email info at Elaine Zelker and we can email you any information you need. There you go. This is awesome. I want to thank you. This was amazing. Thanks, Pedro. An hour went by fast. (laughs) Yeah. I want to tell you that I am so proud. Well, it's it's kind of weird that a 25-year-old kid is just saying this to you. But, you know, we kind of... We kind of uh, went up the ranks together and to see the, how fast like you, you just exploded onto the scene. Mm-hmm. And I'm very proud and I'm Aww, very but... happy for you. <laughs> Thank you so much. And you're a baby. You have so much to look forward to. I wish I knew what you know now. And I what, I wish you knew. I wish I knew what you know now Twenty when I was 25. So <laughs> yeah. the world is forever evolving. And you just have to know that you have to keep up with it if you want to play in the game. Yeah, so, of course. you know, you constantly got to be on it. So I appreciate you taking the time and inviting me on your podcast, which is awesome. No and worries. I am forever grateful to the crew. I'm always supporting it and, and, and talking it up. And, you know, so I hope you guys 
do that as well. Oh, we do every time. Like this, this is the Headshot Crew podcast. That's what I'm it. working on. I love it. Anyway. All right. I will talk to you soon. Thanks again for being on. Okay. Thanks for having me, Pedro. Have a good night. You too. Bye. Thanks. That's it. That's it, guys. I told you it was a good one. Elaine is a killer when it comes to marketing and like branding and getting yourself out there. Like she's doing it. It's awesome. And it's, I'm again, uh, I told her this, but I want to say it again. I'm very proud of her progress. I'm very proud of what she's doing. Um, she's a dear friend and it's always good to see your friends thrive. So, uh, just congratulations and just, I'm rooting for you. Easy. Get it done. Anyway, guys, I want to thank my sponsor. I want to thank Headshot Crew. I want to thank you for listening. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I've already got very cool uh, stuff down the pike for next week. So look forward to that. And in the meantime, have a great week and enjoy yourself and go make some money taking pictures of people. All right. I will see you or I will talk to you, I guess. I won't see you because this is audio only. I will talk to you next week. All right. Bye.